Nowadays, introducing the original Blood Clad Podcast not PS. Sold in semantic. Special dedication all the way from New York. Boom! Yeah, man, SWOT semantic. Yeah, man, oh. Boom! Sold in semantic. Yeah, man, Big ups to the man, yeah. Sold in semantic. On another episode of Soothing Semantics, I am your host, Rafi Pinsky. Make sure to subscribe, like, and share. Leave your comments. This is going to be a good one. Today, we have Daniel Tsinker on the episode. Pleasure to, pleasure to finally meet you. After I like that. how you pronounce my last name. How, do you, how am I supposed to say it? Perfect. Tsinker. How do people usually say it? Uh, they struggle with my silent T in the front. So they so use like the Tsinker, or they ask me how I spell it. I don't know why people have such a I don't know why people have such a hard time pronouncing names, dude. I don't know, it's weird. It's not that difficult. It seems pretty easy. Yeah. But uh <laughs> anyhow, so I came across Daniel's Instagram page cuz I'm I started this podcast a year ago around the same time I started real estate. So I'm always trying to find real estate agents who are at the top of the game, quite honestly. So it's not to say that if you have a big following, you're necessarily doing that great, but I just see the people you're in touch with. I just saw you posted a picture with uh, Oren Alexander, so obviously you're doing quite well. So I Oren actually is in top of the game. Oren is a friend. I know Oren since he was 18. Wow. And he grew up into number one in the country. And uh, it's a compliment that you think I'm on top of the game but uh, we just spoke behind the cameras what takes to become successful mm-hmm. and you are rookie of the year you know what does it take to be successful keep calling keep following up and to do it in scale at some point as a team I think it's my next step for myself I've been hustling for 10 years First five years, I've been with uh, big companies. Last stop in the big company was Douglas Elliman because of Warren. And last five years, I've been on my own. And so far, so good. I believe next step is be team builder, or part of the team. Or I think this uh, what's valuable for the client, that you are capable. Because I specialize in high-end residential. For the most part, if you need commercial hotel, I know how to f- refer you. Or if you need multifamily, I know the builders of multifamily. But personally, I go to the street with person who wants residential high-end. And <clears throat> this is how we operate. What brought you into residential more than commercial? Like, why did... Obviously, it's nice to show them more than an office space. There's something sexy about a beautiful condo <coughs> or a beautiful house. No worries. But what uh, what got you into it? I think, uh, I don't know if I answer it well, but I think uh, in commercial, it's very dry, number-driven, data-driven, and I'm more into relationship with people to hear the need we're sitting here in front of a golf course so if I speak to someone and he's a golf lover I will put him in front of the golf communities mm-hmm. if I hear a person has kids and he wants to be in front of Miami country the club uh, school so I tried to put him in proximity to the school if I hear a couple came here from New York and they want to have lifestyle on the ocean I will put them in the car and drive them in front of the building that has ocean front and have amazing amenities with beach services in commercial it's a little bit different people have criteria of spending 10 million 100 million check and they want some kind of return and I tried both by the way Mm -hmm. I've been 10 years into it 
when I was in the first years. I have hotel management degree, so I tried to sell hotels. I saw it take long. Also, residential takes long, but like hotel acquisition can take for people like for years. Then I started, I remember the career, it was 2009 when the world stopped. Mm -hmm. 2008, 2009, when the world stopped. So I remember everybody recommended me to go into foreclosures. Now that I'm telling you, like I recall how I get to the high-end residential. Prior to that, being uh, in hotel management, I was a concierge. And mm -hmm. one of the guests hired me to be salesperson for high-end chandeliers, Swarovski chandeliers. Sure. And I when I was selling those chandeliers, when I would go for trade shows, I would notice that like wall sconces that cost $200 uh, dollar, takes longer to sell than the chandelier for $25,000 for the main hall of the house. People who come and buy high-end items buy it like with f fun emotion, pleasures and they enjoy from it and people that buy smaller items usually they buy the in, in the quantity they will have more questions more <coughs> customer service so when i went to real estate i tried to apply what i learned from the swarovski chandeliers that i want to be in more high-end in high-end you need to know the product super well because the radar of bullshit for people who has the money, mm -hmm. it's so developed, there is no room for bullshit around. 100% so accurate. So yeah. I dive into <coughs> high-end real estate around 2009. Took me 18 months until I put my first deal. Took me a lot of time to educate myself. I couldn't throw myself in front of client without knowing the building inside out. I lived uh, in the area of South Beach. I focus on South of Fifth because it's had had at the time ten buildings on the water, with price tag from two million and up. I learned each building by heart. Save some money to move into one of them, Icon South Beach. And the rest is like not in history, but like part of the hustle. Ten years later. I do something similar now. My baby, my first baby born a year ago. Congrats, and I man. went for one of the nicest buildings in Sanyal's called Armani Building. And I positioned myself there and I learned the building inside out. I pick up five more buildings in Sanyal's that I believe are the best. I educate myself about inventory there weekly. Plus, uh, since the pandemic, there was a major shift from condos to homes. So I pick up some knowledge in the last two years of, of homes in Golden Beach and surrounding like Bal Harbor. By the way, from the beginning, I always pay attention for the homes. <coughs> I did big deal in Indian Creek, nine Indian Creek for 26.7 million. It was like eight years ago, I believe. So. I so your first two years, so in your first two years of business? Indian Creek was, sorry, in 2015, in the, f in the first five, six years. But my success came in five years as a result of major <coughs> gamble that I did because I speak uh, Hebrew and I speak Russian and I heard that like you want to be successful, you need to choose a niche and by saying that you need to choose a niche of either commercial or residential or something so I chose residential and then in the residential I chose high-end two million plus for condos and five million plus for homes and then within the price point of a niche I also chose a niche of uh, people that I don't know how to call it right but like because I spoke Russian I said let's focus on 
people that speak Russian, buyers, international buyers who speak Russian. So I shrank the niche so much that uh, I think this is what led me for success in first five, six years. Because common mistake that people do, like they practice five, ten years, you meet them. So if I can use your name, if I meet you in ten years, Rafi, what are you doing? Still real estate. Can you help me to find condo in Aventura where you live? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, by the way, I'm also looking for development in Orlando. Can you help me? Yes, of course, mm -hmm. because the license covers the Florida. Nice. And my friend sells a, a marina in Key West. Can you do it also? Yes, I can. So I think uh, majority of real estate professionals, unfortunately, chasing the clients not needs, but like clients. Uh, they spread themselves too thin. That's what you're saying, right? They become a jack of all trades instead of like becoming yes. a pro at that thing. Yeah. I was myself jack of all trades because I was in the Navy. So when I get high on my own supply that I sold $30 million land and almost $30 million land and I get my million dollar commission, I said, let's try. I can do it all. Like I'm a, I was a captain in a very young age, let's try to sell yachts. And I also did the license for PPL, private pilot. And I said, let's try to sell jets. I didn't jump right away like with real estate. It took me a year and a half to go all the trade shows in Monaco, boat show, Fort Lauderdale, boat show, or for aviation, e-base in Geneva, Switzerland, or Vegas and Orlando. So mm -hmm. I went for all the straight shows and I said, okay, now Daniel is not high in real estate. He is a person to go to when you own a jet, you own a yacht, you own a home, you talk to me. So I, I did it for two years because I sp spoke Russian. I chased the Russian. After 2015, Russian don't travel to United States as often as before because the conflict with Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So the embassies are closed, so they're not coming here like they used to come. So I chased them to Europe and I kept my circle of clients and tried to offer them jets and yachts. How did you and do that? How did you kind of go to Europe and, and do it there? What did you mean I'll exactly? I go there, based myself in, in Cannes. You land in Nice, there is a city near Nice called Cannes. The in France, France, right? Yeah, in yeah. the French Riviera. From there, you can drive to Monaco, Saint-Tropez, jump back to Nice Airport with a car and fly to Ibiza, Mykonos, wherever the jet set location is, to meet the client, talk to them. If they want to upgrade the plane, offload the yacht, uh, get a chateau, or get a chalet in Courchevel. So I did it for two and a half years, and... What I noticed when I would come in the winter, in the winter I would sit tight here and try to do real estate full time. Mm -hmm. And I started noticing that my normal clients that use me for real estate stop using me. And when I get the courage to ask him, like, why you don't use me anymore for real estate, you go for another agent. Oh, you like, you're all over. You're all over the world. One day you're in this jet, one day you're in this yacht. One day you go to Beverly Hills, I spend the summer at Beverly Hills to make a short movie comedy I believe uh, I had the passion maybe I still have passion with the movie industry I didn't you know I have to be honest I didn't really see you in the comedies in the comedy space you seem like a pretty serious guy no I'm, I'm, I'm not a comedy actor I was uh, in the production okay <laughs> okay 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 maybe one day I'll try to be in the comedy so I think the moral of the story I'm judging the jack of all trades, whoever tried to sell beside condo, the hotel, or, or the restaurant. But I even spread it more. I jump on the yachts and jets, and uh, I believe I will not make this mistake. I say, when I introduce myself, it's always, I'm in real estate. I think, I think uh, people have 
wrong perception, you know, like the car salespeople, they don't uh, have a good reputation of a uh, straightforward. Honesty, yeah. Honesty is not the first uh, value. Yeah. So does uh, the realtor. Mm-hmm. I think people hear you realtor, they're not uh, drawn into you. The now nowadays uh, nowadays people like the realtor because the realtor can get you a good deal. The good I realtor. I think it really depends. I think definitely a lot of people have a bad taste in their mouth about realtors, but I think there's yeah. also a lot of people. I, th- I think it just depends on who you are. If you have a good reputation, they'll be like, okay, he he's probably an honest guy. You know, that's yeah. what I think. What do you think? Yeah, that's right. You know, it's an individually, if you, if you, a lot of people think highly of you and you've built a lot of trust with a lot of people, then so long as you keep doing that, I think you'll be fine. Yeah. I think, I, th- I think it's very philosophical <laughs> because honesty for me, definitely in top of the list, in top uh, three or top five, I value family, I value honesty, good relationship, yet, uh, you can be the most honest guy on the street. And if you don't know how to put your client in front of good deals, honesty will not make you enough successful. It's, 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 uh, honesty, it's uh, most imp- one of the most important ingredients for building relationship. But uh, the skill of uh, go get the product is super important. I, th- I, I have a I know team member going. that uh, does door knocking when we cannot make, when we cannot find a deal on market <coughs> or off market. After I dial up top broker of the area, we do door knocking. It's important. Nowadays, it's become very interesting. There is almost no inventory at 10 million plus price point. So the only way is like, improve your relationship with your peers and find a way to partner up with them on the deals. Well, that's why it's, it's important. Very, it's very tricky. If I, if I, God willing, I, when I get a $10 million uh, buyer or seller, I had you on my podcast. If I reach out to you, you're going to be a lot more likely to respond than if you and I never had a conversation. Exactly. So this is proximity, man. I mean, um, a big reason why we're getting in contact is obviously I want to get to know you and pick your brain. I want that relationship, you know, because as a new realtor, if I'm meeting people like you and meeting the Alexanders, I'm meeting, you know, a lot of these other realtors that can bring me to where I want to go so much faster just because I, you know, you should, you should have a bright future. If I see you next year, next year in 2025, I see you in front of microphone, keep picking up uh, conversation with the people that in that field, I'm certain 100% you will be successful. I hope you're not detoured from that after the geek of I enjoy it too year. much. I enjoy it too much. And you, I'm, I'm too consistent, man. Good. Stay, yeah, I'm, too cons- I'm too consistent. I, I'm, used to, I'm used to things not going my way. Thank God a lot of things do go my way because, you know, you kind of learn what works and what doesn't. But, yeah, man, I just, I love, I love Have you told your story? In front of camera, what's what's your story? I definitely did tell people. I, a lot of people who listen to it know. Um, you know, I can definitely talk about it. But uh, I really want this to be more about you. I'm very happy to talk about it. You know, basically, long story short, forever doesn't know. Grew up without parents. My mother passed away a few months ago. Sorry to uh, hear. Yeah, it's, just it's heard it a few minutes ago. Yeah. Um, then I grew up grew up with my grandmother. She raised me. Unfortunately, she's not doing so well. Clinically, she you know seems to have early signs of dementia, which, quite frankly, really sucks because uh, she's my mother and my father. Uh, she gave me a great childhood. I always had friends growing up. I had whatever I had. My needs didn't necessarily have much in the way of money, but she always made sure there was plenty of food on the table. I had good clothes to wear. I went to good schools. Um, whatever good schools in New York were, good Jewish schools. They're uh, they're not so good in the English side of things, but whatever. Thank God I had a good, I went to school, got a degree, I live on my own, I have, you know, I have a roommate, but I'm completely self-sufficient, I'm a realtor, a podcaster, was in the Israeli army, 27, you know, I've done a lot for myself, so thank God, you know, I mean, I had... Keep up with the good work. Appreciate it. So, so back to you, 
appreciate you giving me the uh, you you kind of wanting me to share my story. I'm very happy to share it. I talk about it with anybody who, you know, in conversation. There's nothing to hide. Uh, what do you feel? I, I noticed you mentioned something. You, well, you mentioned about luxury. You really solidified this because I had this feeling. Two things about luxury: it's harder to get into than a regular three hundred thousand dollar property to get into that that market. Because it's very, it's competitive and there's only a few people that have that market. So say you have, I'm going to call him out. He's hopefully coming on my podcast very soon. You know, Alexander Goldstein, Miles Goldstein Real Estate. Mm -hmm. So he's hopefully coming on. We've been in touch. He's got Golden Beach by the balls, right? I mean, he's he's all over Golden Beach. I'm sure, obviously, there are other realtors who get in their hands on Golden Beach a little bit. But Alex knows that Alex... He's good. You know, he's, he, he's Mr. Golden Beach, okay? He, he grew up there. He sells there, you know, and he's a, he's a very aggressive... He wants to get give, shit done. Give him Mr. Shores also. <laughs> Eastern Shores too, right? I, I really am so looking forward to... He was doing well in Eastern Shores. So I think I mentioned it earlier. And this is... Uh, good example live example of when i was shopping for golden beach i definitely call him i definitely went to see his listing and he helped a lot to guide me which property no no like the people uh, the pieces on the north part because the sun is not there he played major role in the deal i appreciate that and when you have a good relationship with a top guy, it can serve you. I was looking forward to make a deal on his listing. I didn't work out, the client chose to go on the other one. Thank God I was part of it. So my client now in Golden Beach and hopefully the next one I will catch with Alex. And I had the opportunity to have off-market property and is the first guy I dial him up. So I think this is how at least half of the deals are happening now. You have a good product, you call your database, you try to put it under contract. If it doesn't happen for you in the first week, parallel to that, if you trust the person from particular area, you pick up the phone, dial him up, and inform him about the opportunity and work together so, so important. collaboration is the name of the game yes, off-market collaboration yeah that's what i'm saying alex uh, come help out for the newcomers yeah right <laughs> <laughs> he's he's just he's got a personality that dude he, i like it just I'm from New York, and I also have an aggressive personality. You know, I'm, I'm easygoing. I'm not, you know, I'm not always trying to, you know, get get over on somebody. But yeah, I'm competitive, man. I just, I like a challenge. I just, whenever I see a, a realtor's, you know, just wants to make things happen, it's just very inspiring. So, but I think I, th I think uh, you should pay attention. I'm talking here not for the audience, but like in directly to you, but indirectly for somebody. If my look at your podcast and he wants to get in real estate and like to get to residential I think knowledge of the product is essential so if you would tell me that you start tomorrow and I will ask you like name three building in Aventura that are the best mm -hmm. and, it, and you don't know to tell me it's Privé, Artec and Porto Vita for example mm -hmm. there's more but let's say like those three Privé is yeah. definitely like one of a kind that just made a deal there. Knowledge of the product is important, but there is many other parts like the way you handle your life. Like uh, you should be in the golf course if you know how to play golf. You need to network with the type of people. The rich people who buy the house, they probably have a yacht, so it's nice to try to be in an event that related to yachts. There's three boat show just like 20 minutes drive from your house. Miami boat show, Fort Lauderdale boat show, Palm Beach for boat show. So you, you should anticipate where the rich people will go. You should try to be part of the membership club where those people can hang. You should try to dress the way like 
So they, they try to the go for degree. the gala. There's many like there's many advices that I can give based on my personal experience. Is it easy? No. Is it comfort zone? Way no. Right. Is it rewarding? Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's I, true. I, 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 mean, I mean, when you laugh, you probably envision the commission check. This what no, I'm, I'm laughing honestly. A lot, I'm, I'm a lot of I'm la- a lot of the reason why I'm laughing is the accent because of the Russian accent it just makes it a lot more intense. Yeah. It's funny. The Russian accent, it's uh, it's very it's very interesting. Like what I'm going with the Russian accent. It makes you my, more my, serious. My father, my father laughed on my it Russian makes accent. I'm like, oh my god, even you laugh on my Russian accent, but. It helped with female before I get married. Okay. Your wife's not going to listen to this. Oh, and no. She's welcome. Okay. We're such yeah, a good yeah. friends and in uh, such a great relationship. I even awesome. looking forward to... She helps me to manage my Instagram, so most of the female answer by her. Yeah. All yeah. the girls that write, <laughs> she answered them. Oh, that's funny. But he's busy. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like what you said though about about going out and and going to these shows. So, what I'm, you know, there's um, a real estate conference that Jalil, you know, the king of Miami real estate, that has his uh, page. So he's doing an event. He's done a few. He's done a bunch, but he's doing one next month at the end of the month. So I'm going. I'm going to definitely be going to more of these. But you're right, the boat shows. It's the thing that's interesting is that I grew up. The real up, deal makes a nice event. I, I'm going to go to these, man, and and let me know what, what you're going to. I, if it's something I didn't hear about, I would love to come. Um, as far as golf is concerned, right? That's a rich man sport. So I've had to shift my mindset from that poor mindset to the richer mindset because it's a totally different mindset, right? So now as I'm in real estate, and even the past few years, it's shifted tremendously in the way I spend my time and what I'm willing to spend to take care of, to have someone else take care of my business. So in the, with the podcast, I have an editor in Pakistan who does all my editing. If I was doing all this editing, it would take me forever. I'd never be able to do my real estate business. I have a coordinator who does all my paperwork in real estate. Eventually, I'm going to have a full-time assistant. I'm, I want to delegate as much as I can. So I know how important that is. But people who don't grow up like that, they don't want to do that because they want to save their money. But what they don't realize is that you can't build the business if you're not going to give somebody the task to do for you. So you can focus on the stuff that's really making you money. So it's a totally different shift. So yeah, going to these golf these golf things, do I have an interest in golf? Not at all, but truthfully, I haven't played it. Maybe if I play it, I'll like it and whatever. But as of now, it would just be the, for the connection. So yeah, I mean, it's right there. But I imagine uh, if somebody... You know, hopefully I'll meet somebody soon. I tried a few times. It doesn't connect with me. I asked myself honest <coughs> question, like, is it like rich people? Uh, so, like, you want to network with rich people. Mm-hmm. But there is probably one or two things that you can like it to do honestly. And meet uh, those type of people i tried golf it didn't connect i tried five times it's difficult for me to stand in one place hit the ball more difficult for me is to dedicate at least four hours a day for the game i heard uh, to do 18 holes take the whole day it just seems boring man it just seems like a boring sport to be honest everything is boring when you (laughs) not understand the classes that you hate in the school, remember how they never, yeah. how the time never passed in those classes? I guess you're right. I guess it's relative, but I mean, it's not active. You're just standing there. I, I, and I, just... I, I, I like tennis, but uh, I'm 5'11", and it's not tall enough because half of the game you win by serving. Mm-hmm. So I adjust myself after several years in tennis to paddle tennis. When I came to paddle tennis, the club was new. Nobody was coming there. Now it's like the hottest things that happening in Miami. What's paddle tennis? Like the smaller the or picture the picture you saw me with Oren, it's like we're playing paddle tennis. I thought that's regular tennis. What's the difference between that and regular tennis? 
another podcast because if I'm gonna start uh, talking about it's all separate tennis it's come from believe Mexico it's very popular in Spain they sell more rackets for the paddle tennis than tennis Interesting. when I tell paddle tennis a lot of people ask me if it's squash or pickleball I was in Aspen now pickleball is very popular there paddle tennis you play two against two there is a net you like playing tennis same score uh, system you don't serve from the top you serve from the bottom and the difference you have a, a wall behind you glass wall that you can hit to the wall and the wall the ball can bounce back interesting so you play forward but you also can play with the wall very interesting okay so it's like a totally different thing uh it's i think uh, unlike tennis that go 180 degree because uh-huh. you play like that this one make you like 360 you can look forward look backward look put you in a kgb costume or playing chess meeting with putin yeah, yeah, yeah. The the on king, a horse, like king like, in the castle with king. the crown. Yes, sir. I go hard like Vladimir Putin. Go hard like Vladimir Putin. I go hard like Vladimir Putin. Put you on. We'll put you at the apogee on the balcony with a little KGB hat. If that's what we need to do. Which apogee? South of FIFA or Hollandale? There's one in Hollandale. You're yes. just playing with me. See, I didn't know, man. Honestly, I gotta I know these you things. Start learning the product. I gotta learn these things, man. 100. percent Google it up. So what do you think? I have a lot of questions, but we're not going to talk for three hours. I would love to have you on in the future again, but I'm sure we'll have plenty of discussions. What do you think? Why do you think most realtors suck? Why do you think they just don't? I don't, don't think so. You don't think so? I think uh, they're not uh, found the niche or they don't found what excited them. They need to keep uh, looking. Okay. I believe everybody is good. If Anna Frank could find in German, they're good and they're hard. What I mean is it's everyone has the potential, but what I'm saying is why do some people just not, why are they not doing well? So you think it's because they haven't found their passion? You haven't found their niche that they need to find? I think a lot of people get in this field uh, not for the right reason. Uh, people hear success stories and want to try to tap into them. So everybody gets the license and try to do it part-time. Unfortunately, the consumer doesn't know if the guy that introduced himself in a hotel that he can do real estate, work full-time as a valet. So if you work in other job, I, I work myself as a concierge mm-hmm. and I try to do real estate and naturally, and logically it should work, no? Like, I mean, the concierge people come, I connect them for the pleasure, for the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Naturally, they ask me for real estate. I thought, this is how I'm going to build my career. But when you sit there in the desk for eight hours, this is the eight hours that you should door knocking or learning the product or going for the open houses. So I think uh, either to they go in this profession not full in, but part-time or they do it like temporary until they find themselves it doesn't bother you no oh, okay you can edit she say hi yeah she just wants to make it be friendly she doesn't gonna no scratching no biting man she's like very very gentle i'm still more of a dog person but you know she's 13 so i wasn't gonna say so i had to take her you know got it nice Otherwise, they would have like put her to sleep or something, because there was nobody else to take care of her. So that's that's the story, man. You know. Um, but anyway, okay. Can you stop? <laughs> um, what was I talking? Okay, so yeah, so I think. Uh, damn it! <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna be. You're do, gonna we, be <laughs> do we leave this in the episode? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Hello. <laughs> No, we're definitely going to need a roller, dude. Bring the right. roller now. Yeah, right. Sit, sit, sit. Yeah, so, so basically, if we, I guess we can continue while this is going on, man. I'm, I'm glad you don't, you're not bothered by her. Um, so, yeah, this, I, the niche is a very important thing. Like, it's something that 
a lot of people don't realize because they want to just jump. You need jump. to be good with cat and dog in high-end real estate. I'm, I'm, I love you animals, for man. for presentation. You get the cat like that. 100%. She just wants to be in the episode. But now you need to speak uh, the cat language and know the name and all the story. <laughs> um, that's, by the way, that's the thing that clients really appreciate because a lot of realtors probably have to fight. They have to try to, like, make it seem like they don't mind the animal. But inside, they're dying to get out of that place. But whenever I see a dog or a cat at a listing or a showing, I'm always, you know, happy to see. It depends. I don't go overboard because I don't want to kind of. see a big, aggressive dog that bite and <laughs> yeah. jump. You have any kind of story like that? Not for this episode. This episode, we're all about cats. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I all definitely, right. I, I'm going to get a, you know what I want? I want the Belgian Malinois, the Belgi, you know, in the, in the Israeli army, those. Mm-hmm. I want to get that dog so badly. I want to train it and everything. So, um, yeah, that's my dog. That's my breed. So, so we have, we have all the, she's, we have all the, all the the breeds, all of the realtors in Florida, right? In South Florida. They're not sucks. They're not what? They're not sucks. They're getting there. They're getting there. I don't know about that, bro. They improve themselves. I hope so. I, I like that you're being positive. I just, I don't know. But a lot of them, a lot of them also do it part time. A lot of them do it. The, they don't do the full-time gig so i realize that i realize that that's a very normal thing because they don't want to give up what they're doing now because they're not fully certain i think that it's going to work out i think i think the greatest player i don't think michael phelps or michael jordan focus on the other player what they're doing they just improve themselves mm-hmm. So the more you focus on improve yourself, build people around you that take it serious, that they put the time, that complement whatever you lack. If you're not organized, you get a person that, like you said, personal assistant that organize. If you only know to go show places, find a person that will do marketing in the office day in, day out. I don't think there is a room to sit and like think about 10,000 of realtors that they suck or they don't wake up or they don't show up on time. Of course, sometimes it bothers you cannot get an appointment. Like a person wants to see you at the place, but work harder, find an alternative. It wasn't, it's not really about comparing myself necessarily. I, th- you know, I'm not going to say I ne- never have. Like, like, like it's more of I'm just trying to understand. More, I'm just trying to ask you why you think some people don't aren't really able to figure it out is my question not necessarily to just crap on people but to try to understand better why some people have such a hard time you know like what what are skills like the the most basic foundational skills that you need to do well knowledge of the product network you said you grew up without parents thank god Mm -hmm. I grew up with my parents, but my parents not from this country. I came here alone. Like in the stories and the books that like I came here, I only had money for tuition and for the few dollars that I had remained, I bought 10 pounds of rice and Costco and I ate only rice. So I didn't have nobody in high-end real estate. And it bothered me. I'm like, why would I sell like luxury apartment if I don't live in one? If I live with roommate, how the person will trust me to buy a place high end? But I learn, and the more I learn, the more confident I become to realize the person who buy high end property, he knows when he sees something that he likes how to buy it more than you are and all your lawyers together because he's acquiring it for the 27th time. Yeah. So the only value that you add for those people is to find the deal, to make the deal comfortable, to put the right team to close the deal in the right way, accounting to structure the company or the lawyer to put all the right terms in the contract. 
This is what they're expecting from you. Don't expect you to live in $25 million mansion if you sell $25 million mansions. Yeah. That's <laughs> funny, man. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> I never experienced this on my podcast yet, man. <laughs> she's like, she'll come around a little bit, but she's literally like, yeah, she seems like she really likes you. Um, yeah, I, I, it's definitely very true that somebody who's wealthy and successful, they have a very good bullshit radar. You have to know what you're talking about. And in general, I think it's very important to do your research and actually know what you're talking about. But that's where you're really tested in that market. You know, you have to know it. By the uh, way, I don't know how much you're aware, hmm. but I'm sure you are. Let's imagine you said you're fantasizing to have a $10 million buyer. Okay. And he wants to buy in Golden Beach. Well, I prefer the seller, but if I have a buyer, happy, very happy to. Everybody yes. prefers seller because you sign the listing agreement the and the commission is secure and you go sleep and other realtors works, right? No, it's not. Like uh, when you get $10 million listing, people will expect you every week, nice report of what you have done. They will expect you to spend money. I have $10 million listing now. I spent already $20,000 in the first two months to put it in houses, in Instagram, to put it in out living, printed version, to promote it in uh, Facebook ads. Wow, to do 20 grand. No, yeah. the expectation 10 per month until it's sold. So the commission is 300000 Rule of thumb, I will put 20% into marketing budget, which is 60000 And my goal is sell it like less than six months. So I average to spend 10000 on these things. This, that is, I very, this is very good advice. Yeah. So maybe now you would like to have the $10 million buyer that doesn't cost you money, but cost you time. But the buyer's time is more valuable. So I wanted to give you a scenario that the guy wants to buy $10 million Golden Beach home. And he pick up the phone and call Rafi. Rafi, what do you think about 502 North Island? And you're like, uh, I have no idea. Yeah. And he's like, Whoa. and then you start improvising. You go to MLS, that is Zillow, whatever, Redfin. You start looking. Oh, 502, it's 12 million, it's great. He's like, okay, 12 million is great. Can you tell me how many sold? And if you cannot tell them, like, like three of those sold at 10 million plus in the last 90 days. You go, you go through the bullshit uh, mm -hmm. radar, not so successfully. So I hope once you're ready to go in price point, like I can tell you like, I pick up a particular area because I see it from the window. I can see Golden Beach there. I swear like every new agent that comes to my company or to other company, I always ask them, farm your area, learn your product. I live in Armani. I live in O4 line. I know all the O4 line that traded for last year. I sold one for one nine. They all went now for two two. I traded zero zero line. It's the biggest, most expensive. I traded at five six fifty. I know that all of them that on the market. I know by heart. So if I will get the phone now from a buyer that would like Armani. I will be very qualified. Okay, maybe like not most qualified, but pretty good. Yeah, but that's also another example of, of like a niche. I will know yeah. to tell you like all four facing the south. Yeah. It's in the corner. Tell you all facing the Golden Beach. It's the other corner. Mm -hmm. Can tell you the layout of a two line. The master is there. The three bedroom is there. I know by heart like yeah, how you yeah. enter. The person, if he's in front of me, he feels like nice. I don't need to spend two weeks browse around the building. 
Again, he knows it all. Instantaneously, in a day, I, I had deal in Armani that I did in one day. I took a client from one line to another line. They made offers. Next day, the unit came and the price went that they like. Boom, under contract. Wow. But it's but it's, you knew your product, so it you a, have to know your product. Yeah. This how was my first deal in high end. I was looking for opportunity. I always had the mantra. I don't know where I heard this. It's better to be prepared for an opportunity, not to have one, than to have an opportunity not to be ready. Talking about the gardener and the war, right? I don't think I heard it from the book. I think I heard it from. No, but I mean, there's a saying that says, um, "It's better to be a warrior in the garden than a gardener at war." Probably. So it's a similar concept, right? Similar concept. Yeah, you want to you want to be able to have it and not need it, then need it and not have it. Yes. So yeah, I mean, it, so it, if you do podcast on Sunday, <clears throat> pick up a day that four hours a day, you make reports on particular neighborhood, particular price point. If you're going to be consistent with the reports, your success will get faster to you. You're saying reports and send them out like by mail or by email and things like that? Uh, if you're good on camera, do it on camera. Hi, guys. Today I'm talking about Sunny Isles. Sunny Isles has the following building that are high-end. Ritz-Carlton, Aqualina. Now it's Estate at Aqualina. Turnberry Ocean Club, Armani Casa, Regalia. This is my top five. It's very broad. Then you start breaking down. If you are a three-bedroom buyer, the three-bedroom in Sunny Isles in Armani Casa start at 3.4. Latest trade was 3.2. Where the trends go? Are the prices going up or down? Most likely they go up because taxation people come here taxation. I don't want to repeat myself uh, not repeat but everybody heard that we have huge migration for last five years because of taxation weather now with COVID with DeSantis our governor make it so so not difficult with the mask and restriction so everybody came test Miami and all the high end evaporated it's crazy yeah, <laughs> I, be, I believe the market will be strong this season. You think it's going to keep going up, or or what? What do you predict? Because everyone, people are talking about a recession and this and that. What's your feeling in the next, I, even I'm, in the next year? I'm not an economist, but talk about the recession. But I didn't see uptick in prices in condominium. It didn't pick up like twenty million plus price point in homes been cleaned up is there is demand for that yeah it is but uh, i believe people can buy a condo in your building i don't work in this area but do you think people can get a good deal in this building i do yes yeah i've so, I sold an apartment in this building but and, and people overpay a lot Compared to no, no, I I sold it for I got very close to what the seller wanted, very close, uh, pretty much the same price, pretty, pretty much the buyer or represented the seller, and the buyer is very very happy. I just I saw her post a, a picture on Instagram. You know she of the was the picture that I posted of the of the trend closed transaction. Mm-hmm. You know she used and so yeah, I'm very, very happy about that and. The yeah, everything worked out well. The seller got what he wanted. The buyer got what she wanted, and you know we're all set. I, I definitely know a nice amount about the building, but even then, I mean, you you kind of lit a fire under my ass with this because now I realize that in a building like my building, even there's definitely a lot that I I don't know that I should know. I mean, I'm sure you must. You're not sure. You must. Yeah, must. Yeah, you're right. You must know you're every right. line. You must know the yeah. in and out. You need to know when they're going to do the balconies or maybe they well, just that's already done, done them. Yeah, the, all, almost all the fixes are done already. There's not any, anything is going to be you extremely know, minor. Yeah, you should know me. the financials to know when is the next special assessment, but this is already in very advanced. But uh, you need to know the next door. Mm-hmm. You need to know the next building there. 
Yeah. I know there's there's a Porta Vita, Hamptons, uh, Turnberry buildings. Um, I gotta learn a lot for sure. I gotta learn a lot. What review? Whatever you learn, share. Yeah. You learn yeah. something, share. I like what you did on your Instagram though. How you have those those updates? Like you have your Instagram looks very nice. You're it's working good. hard with a big team, taking things serious. Awesome. Every Friday we have update on one of the markets. Every Friday you can see us posting something. Yeah, I definitely have to do more of that. But I have um, what I did. What I did that I'm happy about is I put a nice logo together. So at least that's good. I started out with kind of a an uglier logo that didn't have that same that kind of luxury feel to it, and I'm very happy with the final result. I had a good friend of mine design that, so that's done. Um, obviously, you know, social media is an aspect of it, but just knowing I, what I really took from this podcast is you have to know your product. It's very important. It's, it's very important as an understatement. So I'm definitely going to take that more seriously. I kind of have been doing it as time goes on. Like I'm learning now I had a sale in the gold ocean mile in Fort Lauderdale. So I'm learning a lot more about that area. I'm hopefully getting another listing in the next few months from a different client in a neighboring building. So I'm, you know, learning that area more just because I'm getting the experience, but I want to be more proactive now that you mentioned it to, to learn it, to not just wait until you're kind of in it, but to study it beforehand. So that's good. I really, I'm really going to take that. So I appreciate that. So yeah, Daniel, it's been a great episode. Thanks for uh, playing with the little monster. (laughs) It was my pleasure. Yeah, right. She's, uh, she's happy. So yeah, I got, I hope to see you next year doing the episode i hope it's going to be episode 178 well it, based on the numbers stories that you sold something in porto vita four million plus sounds good you show me the check here's the hundred thousand i went and learned porto vita porto vita i sure as hell check out privé privé yes okay it's a building in Aventura. It's the same town like we are now. Mm-hmm. It's the two buildings, south and north. I just did a deal, two million something for two bedroom, and you can pick up still amazing three bedrooms. They're amazing three bedrooms, around the three million mark. I love Aventura, man. I really do. I just I like that it's close to everything. There's also a lot of our uh, fellow tribes tribesmen. Yeah. So, like, for connections, it's just a lot of people. It's good, man. I like that it's quiet, but it's not too quiet. It's in the mix. I, I also, I don't want to be in Brickle. Like, I'm 27. I'm single. I partied in my life lately for the past couple of years. I'm much more relaxed. I don't party too much. Amazing. But I um, I just like this more because it's not it, too distracting. You know, if I live in Brickle, like, Tuesday nights, people are going to be like, yo, let's go out. During the week, I, I don't want to be to have all these distractions. Wow. So Another ingredient for success. I know, I know myself, bro. I like to, to party. To start partying young. Yeah, dude, I, dude. When I was in college, when I was in high school, I was partying like all the time. I still worked a lot. I was a waiter, so you know, I did well. It was, it was honestly, it was cash. It was good, and that was it. You know, I did that for like eight years, but um, I was still partying a lot. You know, like weekends i was going out with my friends but nowadays i'm just i'm so much more focused on what i want so i, I want to i'll forego these little pleasures for what i really want so that's the truth nice meeting you you too brother good luck thank you guys subscribe like and share this has been another episode of soothing semantics until next time